we probably need to have more conversations around monetization, around pitching, around having those conversations. Because when you're on that side, especially from a podcast sessions perspective, let me say, this game doesn't work if everyone is not able to succeed. You can't be the only one and say that I'm an industry of one. You don't want to be the only one X. You can be the first and you can amplify, but there is no harm in me sharing the success challenges of the podcast sessions with the next person, right? Africa X. Create your life. Create your life. Beautiful people, this is the Create Your Life series, and you are listening to Africa X, which is our special series focused on conversations and experiences with experts from Africa, in Africa, about Africa. And I'm your host, Kevin Y. Brown. Today, we have another amazing guest. As Zimbabwean-born and South Africa raised, she has worked across various areas of the entertainment industry, including journalism, TV production, corporate video production, and PR. She's also worked with Elle, South Africa, Forbes Africa, CNBC Africa Online and the Huffington Post, just to name a few. Then she's also worked in TV for the Expresso Morning Show and the Afternoon Express Show with SABC3. In addition, she was also recognized as one of the top 10 Toastmasters speakers in the SADC region for 2019-2020 year. Wow. You know, she's going to be elegant on this show today. And in 2019, she launched her company, Tinsway Media which is a podcast production that produces a variety of podcasts, as well as Africa's first and only digital podcast magazine. Ladies and gentlemen, I am talking about none other than Miss Rutenda Niamuda. <laughs> Rutendo, please say hello to the Create Your Life family. Hello, everyone. And hi, Kevin. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Thank you. It's a pleasure to have you here. It's been a long time coming. We were supposed to do this some time ago, Create Your Life Fam, so you're definitely in for a treat. Lutendo, you have this array of experiences across the entertainment industry. And I know you started working in a podcast game in 2017, but I guess, can you take us back to how PR and entertainment brought you into the podcasting realm? My journey actually started, I think, way back before I even touched on PR before TV. In Varsity, I think, is like where I first had this really big passion for magazine journalism industry. And that's what I wanted to do. To be very honest, I wanted to be L from the Devil Wears Prada. You know, that was my whole thing. I was like, I want to be in the Devil Wears Prada. That's my whole thing. Fashion journalism. I wasn't very fashionable at all, but I just had this thing. Emily, sorry, Emily from the Devil Wears Prada. <laughs> From there, I, you know, graduated, got my first job working at an online, it was a woman's magazine, but I was on the digital team, so I wrote. And bear in mind, fashion journalism, that's what I wanted to do. Also interned at a number of other things. It was actually quite interesting because my first full-time job was at Forbes Africa. So if you know the Forbes side of things, that's business journalism. That is completely far removed from anything that's fashion related. So it was kind of like that step of getting into journalism from a different perspective. And so I was starting my career in journalism, hardcore journalism, interviewing the top wealthiest people on the continent, the people doing really big things on the continent, got to travel as well for work. The more and more that I did it, I realized that I just loved storytelling. I loved approaching storytelling from different aspects and elements. We had an incredible editor that just challenged us in any way, in every way, shape and form. But after journalism, I think I was in the game for about a good three years or so. Kind of just had that itch to do something different and try something different. And then I relocated from Johannesburg to Cape Town, 
where I first had a tiny stint in PR before I realized like I wasn't sure this was it. And then I segued into TV production, working on the TV production content creation side. Again, really different way of storytelling. So you go from like written storytelling to visual storytelling. And then after that went into PR, which is now corporate storytelling. And all of these elements, I think, is connected by storytelling. Then I think it was 20, 2016, I want to say, I was actually retrenched from a company that I'd been working for. And it was in that time, because you got nothing. When you're retrenched, you got nothing. You're like the bottom of the bottom, <laughs> trying to figure out what to do. You know, you're looking for jobs, not getting responses. It was actually a really tough time. I kind of had this moment where I said to myself, if money wasn't an object, what is it that you would do? I was like, I want to start a audio production company. I want to do podcasting. I want to interview people. And I'd written the initial business plan for <laughs> Teensway Media, which the podcast sessions is at Force Under That Wing. And then I kind of left it. A couple of months down the line, so now in 2017, got a job, launched my first podcast, which was in my 20s. From there, like it just became so exciting. So it was in my 20s and was other things. Podcasting was podcasting consultation. It was launching other podcasts. Eventually, podcast sessions fell into play there. So I think the foundation of my journey is storytelling. It's just almost how that has translated to different things. And right now it's audio. But now coming back to wanting to tell other people's stories on the podcast sessions, various platforms. I love that. You're hitting it right on the head with the storytelling aspect. That's the core, in my opinion, of what Africa and Africa culture is about, right? No matter whether you're on the continent or you're throughout the diaspora. But you mentioned podcast sessions. I love the work that you all are doing. We've been in contact since 2021, just chatting and discussing on different things that are taking place. But for those who are not familiar with podcast sessions and the amazing work that you're doing, can you tell us more about it and also more about the amazing work that you're doing to empower African storytellers and podcasters, of course? Most certainly. So the podcast session started in 2020. So obviously we're in the middle of the pandemic. People are at home. They're doing a number of things. And I was getting quite a few DMs about like, I want to start a podcast. How do I start a podcast? I need some tips and tricks. And yes, I'd only been podcasting since 2017, but all the insights and the knowledge I had was knowledge that I had <laughs> learned along the way. I didn't see myself as like the go-to professional for insights because through conversations with other podcasters, I know we also do things differently. We use different mics, we use different equipment, we edit different, we approach production differently. And so I said to myself, look, if I tell the story of podcasting from my perspective, it'll probably only go so far because the story is not going to change. And so I said to myself, well, what would it look like if I invited other podcasters onto a podcast to talk about their journeys and to talk about what they do and what they use and what their production is? Because producing a interview style podcast, which is what I had been doing for the longest time, would be very different to a documentary style podcast. The conversations from like in my 20s to even in the middle of the pandemic, we also launched a podcast called Inside Once Out, which is a mother tongue poetry podcast where we got poets from around the continent to write a poem about what it was like to be in the pandemic in their mother tongue first and then translate it 
as opposed to doing it the other way because how you express yourself in your mother tongue doesn't always hit the nail on the head when it comes to translating it into English. There are all these little bits of things that I had been doing. So we launched the podcast sessions and I was excited. I was like, this new podcast, I'm going to be super dedicated. I'm on it. But I launched it with a lead magnet and the lead magnet was super, so I think I'd come off like some marketing online program and they were just like, you need a lead magnet. Lead magnets are great. So I was like, I'm going to launch a podcast. With a lead magnet. So with my background being in obviously journalism, in magazine journalism, also, especially with Forbes and worked on Forbes Africa, Forbes Women Africa, Forbes Life Africa, had a really good understanding of what it takes to produce a magazine from end to end. Also, good to note that those productions have an entire team and I was doing this by myself. So the lead magnet was super short. I think it was like maybe eight pages long or something. And every page had like a different step of things you must consider. And so we launched with the podcast. After that, I got so many messages about like, oh my gosh, when is the next issue coming out? This was absolutely amazing. Like, what are you doing? Like, we need more. Again, in the middle of the pandemic, as one does, it's like, oh, I have so many ideas. <laughs> I'm at home all the time. Why not do more? So the podcast sessions initially was supposed to be just a podcast with occasional lead magnets. And I was just like, I do miss the journalism magazine side of things. Let me start this magazine called The Podcast Sessions which would be an additional component to having the podcast. So for those who love audio and consume information really well from an audio perspective, they would have the podcast sessions podcast. For those who love magazines and also at the time, like people like magazines are dying, they're dying. I'm like, this is digital. It's different. People who wanted to consume something that was a little bit more visual, but that you could read and keep and just have like a, something that's on the side that it would be there. But more than that, I wanted podcasters to be able to tell their stories in a different way. So they're interviewing people on their platforms or they're doing something on their platforms. But I was like, what can you give to an audience? It's not just about highlighting your podcast. What information and insight you give to a podcasting audience? And that was the content in the magazine. And then the most exciting part for me was let's put podcasters on the covers of magazines. Yes. Because right now it's celebrities, it's all of these things. And I'm just like, we have such a rich African storytelling podcasting community and people are already saying like I really like this person they inspire me they do this I'm like they should be seen they should be on the cover of the magazine because maybe they won't be on the cover of an L or a Vogue or Time or whatever but we can put you on our magazine because we see you and we appreciate the work that you're doing and you're changing the game in such big ways that was the main criteria to be on the cover you've just got to be doing something also have like quite a big following because we want it to be aspirational so it's not like just because you have a podcast you should be on the cover no in the podcast industry you're changing the game you're building something you're helping this industry become something that is so much more so we've had some incredible covers on the magazine Molly who's CEO of AfriPods one of my favorite covers one of my favorite discussions we've had Melissa and Josephine from Africa Podfest we've had the duo from Two Broke Twimbos. We had the co-hosts from Netflix's first Africa podcast. When we're saying what we're striving for, we're striving to be and to produce something that is international, that's global, but that's still Africa focused. You probably will never see an international star <laughs> on the cover of our podcast magazine unless they're from Africa. 
That's our big thing. Even if Oprah came, Oprah's different. But even if Oprah came and she was just like, I want to be on the cover. Unless there was something to do with Africa, there wouldn't be any basis for her to feature on the magazine. So we really want to make it pan-African. And then last year, I was just like the missing piece of all of these components is a website. Because we have the podcast. And the podcast, I'm going to be honest, the podcast started dwindling because all our time and energy was now going to this magazine. So <laughs> things changed. The podcast is relaunching in June just because we have a few more structures in place and people who are working for us, which is great. But the last component was the website because you've got a podcast that was in and out, you've got a magazine, and it's almost like, what are we doing for the community in the gaps? And so the magazine became, we don't want to just maybe tell you about our news stories. We want you guys to send us your press releases, right? Send us your press releases. That's your big collaboration efforts. Maybe you do get like a Trevor Noah or an Oprah or you name it on your podcast, and this is a really big moment. You have the likes of Eli and Oscar from Mantle KE, who just recorded in the Spotify studios in London. They sent us their press release. We put it on our website. So everything that we're doing is about amplifying news messages, amplifying African podcasters across our various platforms. So you mentioned something when you talked about one of the pods that you launched during the pandemic. You talked about it being in mother tongue. And I know that you're from Zimbabwe. So for those who are not familiar and also, you know, shamelessly for me as well, what are some of the other mother tongue languages in Zim? Because like I only know of Shona. Can you give us some insight? Yeah. So in Zim, two main languages is Shona and Debele and in English. <laughs> You see, the thing with the Mother Tongue Poetry podcast is as someone who was born in Zim, raised in South Africa, there is this sense of being a child of the diaspora in a sense, but there's a sense of like longing, right? So you're always longing for the sense of trying to find yourself, trying to discover yourself. Being born in Zim, raised in South Africa, I wasn't South African enough, right? So there are certain things from cultural perspective would miss me. I didn't grow up in Zim, so as much as I understand the parts of my culture that I do understand, Sometimes it's like, oh, I didn't know that. Well, you're discovering. Wherever I would travel on the continent, be it like Nigeria, Tanzania, Kenya, you feel a sense of like, oh, I get the culture. Like I feel that sense of being African. But at the same time, it's just like, I want to get to understand your culture a little bit more because I think we are incredibly interconnected as Africans in so many more ways than not. So when it came to the Mother Tongue Poetry podcast, I was just like, this would be an incredible way to preserve a moment in history. So we're talking about how you're feeling about being in the middle of the pandemic, but in your own way, in your own language, unwatered down, unfiltered. That was the essence of Inside Once Out. So it's only had one season. We'll probably do another season in the future. But what was so brilliant was because the first part of all of these podcast episodes is people expressing themselves in their mother tongue. So you probably won't understand. There are so many languages that were on the podcast. I didn't understand, right? But you could hear it where the people were expressing themselves. You could hear that there was something happening, right? It's like listening to a song in another language. You might not understand, but you could feel whether it's a happy song or a sad song or it's emotional, but you might not always understand. And then the second part was the translation, right? So now we're cool or understand English. Now we're listening to it in English. And what I found a lot of the times, even when I was chatting to people about the podcast, is they would listen to the mother tongue version of it, English, and then go back. Because now they would be able to hear the certain places where your voice stopped and paused and where you 
either took a break where you sped up or you slowed down, all of those. And then it becomes a little bit more emotional because now you know what it's about, but also you understand how the person is expressing themselves. I definitely would love to see more podcasts like that. I would love to see more podcasts around culture, around language, around understanding the history of various countries, practices, why practices were done and why they weren't done. Almost those conversations. I mean, I'd love to produce those podcasts if I had all the time and the money and the budget. But that's something that I'd love to see more of in a very tiny, like half percentage way. <laughs> we tried to do that. Yeah, no, it sounds like you did do it, right? I think earlier you had said you were trying to make podcast sessions global and you're trying to do these things. No, Rotendo, you're doing it. You and your company, you guys are doing the work and you are making a difference and making the impact. So I just want to give you kudos and just say, hey, you know, there's power in that word of doing versus trying. And you are definitely doing so. We appreciate you in the industry. Thank you so much. Thank you. That means so much. So how often do you release a new issue of podcast sessions and how many issues are you up to right now? I'll answer it backwards. I have no idea how many issues we've released. So the Podcast Sessions magazine was supposed to be a bi-monthly publication. So I think when we launched, we were quite good at doing it bi-monthly. One of the biggest challenges we've had is funding. And so to put it into context in terms of the work that was going into the magazine, it was me obviously editing, producing it, getting contributors, which was great, getting people to send in their stories. I hired a sub-editor to obviously sub-edit the stories because you don't want to put something that's out there with mistakes and stuff. Oh, and that was me on design. So I'm designing this magazine. I'm producing this magazine. I'm putting it together. I'm trying to figure out the stories, help and work, graphics, everything I'm sourcing. So it was basically besides the contributors, me and someone else. It's always been that way. And then from like a visuals perspective, outsourcing a photographer who's usually a photographer slash videographer and a cover star. I was doing all of that out of pocket. I had some really great support from certain companies who would pop in and say, cool, we're happy to support and amplify your message. We've had almost sporadic donations come in. The last issue we produced was actually last year around this time, which was our Netflix Africa issue. And I really enjoy doing this, but I need to make this sustainable. I need to find a way that we're not just burning the candle and doing all of this, especially from a business perspective, not making this viable and sustainable. Because at the end of the day, if you are growing a business, you're starting a company, you want to make sure that it's sustainable without you. So you don't always have to be there. I want to take holidays. I want to take a break. I want to know that there is a team that is in positions to do this. And that's the way that we make this profitable and sustainable. So I kind of took a pause moment and I was really burnt out. And I have a full-time job. Sorry, I forgot to say that. I have a full-time nine to five <laughs> and I'm doing all of this. So it's been a lot. One of my big clients is a company called Biz Community. They do business advertising news, really, really big publication, online publication in South Africa, I was hosting their podcast for a good season. So I think at the peak of the things that I was doing in my 20s, I had Inside Once Out and I had Biz Communities podcast happening at the same time. So I was running three podcasts, trying to run my business full time and then you have like a full time job. So it's a lot. <laughs> it was a lot. So obviously, like when you're operating at those like levels, you're going to crash and burn. People on the other side don't always see everything that's happening and never mind those things. And then you've got life itself, right? So, you know, you look at someone and you're just like, oh, my gosh, they're doing so well and all of this. And you don't always know what's happening behind the scenes. <laughs> so anyway, so coming to last year, which was our last issue in June, July, I took a massive crash and I was just like, look, I need to step back and reapproach this from a different perspective. And when I'm ready, and I know people are with the magazine and I was just like, I need to do it from a position of strength. 
when I'm ready to come back, when I have found the why again, when I have found the reason that I'm pushing and sustaining, and when I know that we have a bit of financial stability, we've built up a bit of a financial buffer, I can come back and do this comfortably and we can sustain this as opposed to putting it out and having burnout. So that's what I've been doing over the last couple of months. I am excited that we do have another issue that is being released at the end of this month, coming up really soon. And we have now been able to prep and do things a little bit more from a sustainable perspective. So working with partners, getting donations, doing stuff within Tinsway Media to help sustain the podcast sessions as it is. I don't know if I answered your question. <laughs> oh, how many issues? Where are we with the issues? So that's where we are with the issues. So between now and the end of the year, it'll be our May issue, July, August, September, October, November, December. So we'll have four issues. That'll be for the rest of the year. If anyone is listening and they either want to contribute to the website or to the magazine, do let us know. We've had contributions from around the world. Our readership, which has always been the surprising thing for me, we've never actively advertised or promoted in the US. We have a big US market who consumes the magazine mm-hmm. completely naturally. And that always surprises me. And then obviously our Pan-African audience. Yeah, so it's been really great. So, And we've had contributors from the US as well. So yeah, if you want to write, have news, if you have press releases, do send them to us. We do kind of stay away from the self-promotion. So we're not necessarily going to allow people to come and say, hey, this is what I'm doing on my podcast. There has to be a newsworthy angle. And we're always trying to ask the question with anything we put out. What is the value for our podcasting audience? What is the value for someone who wants to start a podcast or is in the podcast industry or is in the podcast ecosystem from a business perspective, listener perspective, creator perspective? How is the content we're putting out there going to impact you in any way, shape? No, without question. There always has to be value added. You said for people to contact you if they want to contribute, how do they contact you? You can contact me on. <laughs> so I guess there are various ways. You can probably email us. So the podcast sessions at gmail.com. You can DM us. So if you follow us on any social media platform, definitely DM us. We can send you an email address and we can pick a conversation from there. It's just easier in the DMs sometimes to start because social media is just quicker and easier. And then we can take it from there. Yeah, you can pitch stories to us, pitch ideas to us before you start writing and then we can take it from there. But we do well, especially from a press release perspective, we welcome a lot of press releases. If I am so bold as to say, I mean, our big dream or our dream is from a news perspective, what Pod News is doing on an international basis, we want to do that on the continent. We want to be able to be that one-stop shop for podcast news for African podcasters, whether you are running an event, whether you are advertising a position and you are looking for an audio editor. We want audio editors to come to the podcast sessions website and say, okay, cool. I know that the podcast session is going to have some job place or your shoot doing a photo shoot. We have a list of photographers. Like that's where we kind of really want to go. And then also part of that is just like working with other ecosystems. So there's some incredible ecosystems that are already at play. The idea is not to recreate things. It's to amplify things. So if you have a podcasting community or a podcast company or a business, let us help you amplify that. That's where we kind of see our role in the space. Sounds great. Well, you guys know you got to slide in podcast sessions, DMs if you want to contribute. So love that. Love that for you as well, Rutendo. When I was traveling through Africa in 2019, I had went to six different countries and I spent time in other markets. 
what I found was that SA was leading or ahead of a lot of the other markets. Because you all were leading so early on, how do you feel like the South African podcast market differs from other markets on the continent? Leading is an interesting one because I think it's perspective and by what you are basing that up. When it comes to countries on the continent, obviously Kenya, Nigeria, South Africa, all the ones that people speak about, they have the biggest ecosystems, they have the things that are happening For me, I do think that Nigeria actually is probably one of the strongest countries when it comes to podcasting. The difference between Nigeria and the rest of the continent is Nigerians consume a lot of Nigerian content. So you will find that the podcasters or the podcast, whether it's a tea with tail or I said what I said, their viewership, their numbers are ridiculous. They're ridiculous. And those are like some of the big ones. Even some of the smaller, inverted commas, smaller podcasts in Nigeria are hitting numbers and you're just like, guys, like, what are you doing? But it's also so effortless. I feel like podcasting in Nigeria is like a whole bunch of influencers having a really, really great social media (laughs) presence. Do you know what I mean? And it's so embedded in Nigeria to a certain extent. And not to say that the other countries aren't at the level from a production perspective. It's not about that at all. I'm talking about from a quantity and viewership perspective. You mentioned South Africa. South Africa, really, really big. I think what the big podcasters and podcasts have managed to do really well is they found their audience. You have the sense of we're not trying to reach everyone. We're trying to reach this group of people. And by trying to reach the small group of people, we just happen to be reaching a whole bunch of people, right? There are some really big podcasts in South Africa, some controversial podcasts, some lifestyle podcasts, some political podcasts. But again, they know their audience. They know who they're speaking to. So you'll find the way in which people articulate themselves on their podcasts. There's no formula to podcasting. I think that's the one thing is someone will look at someone else's podcast and say they do this and they've got like so many views and it's really big and this is what I have to do. It doesn't work like that. You have people on podcasts who have the most incredibly insane controversial topics. But if you're not someone of controversy or that makes you uncomfortable and you start that kind of podcast, we're going to hear that you're a little bit uncomfortable. So I think authenticity, 100%. -hmm. It's a part of you, right? And I'm not saying that you can't start a business podcast and be business focused if you are like an artsy person. You can do the business of art. You can incorporate yourself. But I think the more one is able to incorporate parts of themselves from an authenticity perspective, it's like energy and friendships, right? There's some friendships and some energy that you just connect with and you're like, this is the one, not going to miss a day. This is my bestie. I want to talk to you every day. And there's some friendships where you're just like, actually, you know what? I need to come to this friendship when I need a little bit of motivation. You know, maybe you're not like an everyday motivational person, but you know you're going through a tough season and suddenly you're engaging with your motivation friend. Now you're engaging with your motivational podcast every day because you need that. But then if you live and breathe into every day and that's your friendship with your friend and that's your friendship with your podcast of a podcast you listen to you're going to be there every day hot soul doesn't matter what's happening so i think that's really exciting that's really exciting wow create your life family i hope that you are really enjoying this episode i wanted to give a quick shout out to our sponsors and let you know that our sponsors are giving special offers just for you if you are a fellow busy podcaster who just wants to record and spend the rest of your time doing what you love like working out at the gym with family and friends are traveling use code CYLS for a discount on services when you go to podcastlaundry.com or call 347-871-8273 to schedule your consultation. That's podcastlaundry.com or 347-871-8273. 
And without further ado, let's get back to the show. It is exciting and has been exciting to see how podcasting on the continent is growing from different perspectives. So not just in terms of podcasters podcasting, but from the business of podcasting. So your AfriPods, your Africa Podfest, your APBA awards, your podcast sessions, the people who are on the business side of podcasting, I think that is also such a phenomenal area and discussion. And you'll find, surprisingly enough, some of the people on the business side don't even have podcasts, you know. So it's not like you have to be a podcaster to now jump in and say, I want to contribute to this industry. It's a growing industry. It's still in a phase where it's being molded in a sense. And I think it'll be like that for some time. It's growing exponentially. It's phenomenally. And brands are coming on board and even conversations, which we probably need to have more conversations around monetization, around pitching, around having those conversations. Because when you're on that side, especially for podcast sessions, perspective, let me say, this game doesn't work if everyone is not able to succeed. You can't be the only one and say that I'm an industry of one. You don't want to be the only one X. You can be the first and you can amplify, but there is no harm in me sharing the success challenges of the podcast sessions with the next person, right? There is no harm if someone's just like, how were you able to negotiate this discussion, this sponsorship? Maybe I don't want to tell you the amount, but maybe I can give you brackets to say like from my perspective. But again, it's personable. Someone might feel that getting a 5,000 rand sponsorship is the most incredible thing ever. And someone might be like, that is too low. And someone might be like, that's so high. I didn't think I was going to get it. So there are a number of discussions that will help us. There's always that saying around the candle thing. Lighting someone else's candle doesn't take away the light of your own candle, in a sense. And that's why these conversations, these platforms are really important as well. Most definitely. And I love what you're saying. Light other people's candles and then you have a brighter room, right, is what I would say. And so with that, in terms of lighting other people's candles and in terms of being excited for where the industry is going, because we have so many new podcasters popping up at all times, what are three tips you would give to a new African podcaster starting out? I'm not the greatest person to answer this question. Yeah, I operate very differently. <laughs> I operate very differently. Okay, but I would say three tips I would say just based on my own experiences, batch record if you can, batch record. It just helps for those seasons or those days where it is a little bit tough. Find ways to incorporate video. You don't have to have this fully produced and we see it all the time, right? So three camera studio set up with like three mics and it's like, oh my goodness, and you feel overwhelmed. You don't have to go to that extent but find innovative ways to incorporate video in some way, shape or form. It could be TikTok. It could be YouTube shorts. It could be you just sitting in front of the camera and giving a wrap up of your interview that was maybe completely audio based. But from a searchability perspective, from just where the world is moving, I had an incredible conversation with Rodney from the Young God podcast. And he said that we need to remember that we are editing and writing and producing for the ear. And I love that. So yes, video is an incredible component of it, but also your podcast will be presented in an audio form and maybe an audio and video form, but definitely incorporate video and audiogram. I wouldn't even say audiogram. I would just say you want to see more. Well, you want to see more behind the scenes or some of the visuals. That'd be number two. And I said really quick, but I'm elaborating. 
Number three is probably like what I would just say to myself is just remember your why and learn to have fun. You can almost feel it. You can feel when you're getting a little bit tired. You can feel when you're pulling back and maybe your why needs to change. Maybe something about your podcast or the production or how you're thinking about it is changing. Don't look at the numbers. A lot of people are having conversations around like, I want a million, I want a thousand, I want the 10,000. Don't look at the numbers. Focus on the production and focus on the consistency over the numbers because the numbers can dishearten you. So maybe go through your first couple of months where you do not at all. Don't look at like, oh, this episode. If you're looking at it from a why certain episodes are doing better than others, then yes. But don't look at it from the perspective of I'm a horrible podcaster because only 10 people listened to my episode. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? And that's why I'd be a little bit wary about like jumping into, oh my goodness, my first episode got 10,000 listens and the second one only got a thousand. Do you know what I mean? I agree around the numbers too. The beautiful thing about podcasting is you can have subpar numbers and then one day everything turns around and your numbers, you know, shoot up astronomically. And so I think that that's really important to keep in mind. It's a long game. It's a marathon. One of my mentors says, you know, life is a marathon. The things that you do are a marathon. And the only way to really get out of these things, what it is that you want is to be yourself and to stay in your lane. Don't watch what everybody else is doing. Stay in your lane and stay steadfast. Stay the course. So, Rutendo, you talked a little bit earlier about this editor that you had who was amazing earlier in your career. What role has mentorship played in your success overall? I think it is one of the most fundamental aspects of one's career. So understanding what a mentor is, right? It's someone who maybe has a little bit more experience than you in a certain aspect or area of your life. So your mentor could be like a personal mentor, it could be a business mentor, it could be a work mentor, but they've traveled a journey that you haven't traveled. And you probably are in the earlier stages of their journey, right? And by journey, I mean, that's very subjective. Because as a podcaster who maybe is doing phenomenal in the industry, uh, it's a very early industry. We're not talking about someone who's maybe been in the game for 20, 30 years, right? It's a lot less than that. So they're just in a more advanced aspect of the area of your life that you need mentorship in. And so being able to bounce ideas off someone, being able to bounce questions off someone. And you know, this person has your best interests at heart. I've had various kinds of mentors as well. I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of a feely person, an emotional feely, like, ah, how things are going. And I overthink, I overprocess a lot of things. One of the mentors I had literally was very complete opposite (laughs) personality to me, very to the team. So he wanted numbers and feedback and stats. And so our conversations, I don't even say from a KPI's perspective, but our conversations had outcomes, right? You said you were going to do this. Have you done it? That accountability, right? Because what I found is friends are great. Friendships are great. And sometimes you can talk to friends about things that you're working on and doing. Sometimes it might be difficult for them to fully give you the advice that you need. And even with those conversations, you can feel. So, for example, if I go to like a feely person and I'm a feely person, (laughs) it might just be a very emotional discussion, right? So sometimes you need mentors who are just very black and white with things. Sometimes you need mentors who are able to like tangibly take you to a journey or understand where you're coming from. But it's so important. It's so important. And again, so various types of mentors but also not being afraid to ask people for just their time. I've had people in the industry, especially people on the continent and people abroad, and maybe it wasn't even a mentorship moment, but it was just, you've done X, I'm trying to do this. What advice would you have? I've had a conversation with James from Pod News. I wouldn't say he's my mentor, 
but I've asked him for a bit of time to give me mentorship advice about something. And he laid it down for me. He was like, one, two, three. So I think also mentorship, it can be a long journey, someone who's willing to walk with you. It can be just seeking advice from people and checking in every now and again. It's not as black and white as I think as what we perceive it to be. I've had people reach out to me on DM, on voice notes. Don't do it. Don't send me. I'm just saying it's happened. (laughs) People have said like, hey, do you just have 10 minutes? I want to bounce something off you. And so, yes, in those moments, as people have been that person to me, it's such an honor to sometimes be that person to others, but not to an extent where you're killing yourself and like burning yourself out in any way, shape or form, but it helps. And that's the whole thing. You know, we lift as we rise and we move and the more knowledge we have and we can share and you could have this idea for something. It could be a podcast. We're so passionate about it, but I don't know the thing behind it. It's also being able to ask the right questions on both sides. So mentor and mentees. Again, what is your why, right? So being able to ask the right questions, then also wanting it. So if you are seeking a mentor, don't think that your life is going to change after getting the mentor. You still have to be the engine. You still have to be the driver. You have to want it. You've got to do the work. That's the thing at the end of the day. And that could look different. The work could just be like block booking some time, doing a whole bunch of production stuff, and then could be doing it every day. But it's like going to the gym. It's going to the gym. (laughs) You're not going to get your dream fitness elevated goals if you just go once. And then you're just like, it didn't work. You've got to be consistent. Yeah, it's a marathon. So I want to get a little more personal, Rotendo. For you, what do you feel has been the biggest challenge that you needed to overcome to become who you are today? Definitely my mind. Is that a confidence or kind of like the self-talk imposter syndrome? Or what about your mind are you saying? So it's a mixture of a few things. I think it's the overthinking and overprocessing, I think, for me. Being a creative, I think this is the thing, is there is a big part of you in the work that you do. You almost need to find a way to separate yourself from your work at some point to release. Otherwise, if one doesn't, you stay held on to the dreams and to the things you want to create. My biggest moments of stagnation in my career have been around that overthinking it. It could be over-editing, it could be over-trying to think a concept when it's already done and one needs to release. One of my mentors actually said to me, because we had a conversation around this, and he had said to me that you're just okay. could be someone's like, this is the greatest thing in the world. <laughs> Those kind of conversations, or he'll say 70% is better than 100%. You know, 70% done and executed is better than 100% that you waited too long to do. So I think that would be the biggest obstacle for me. And it's a daily practice, right? It's a daily conversation with myself to say, it's okay. It's good enough. You can do it. And then I look back and I have a moment and I'm like, oh, did I really put that out there? And it's like, but you did it. We move on. And it's really weird. I feel like in my 20s, I was so like gung-ho. I'm like, yes, cool. Especially within my 20s. I think there was a stage I was recording and editing again with a full-time job, just one podcast at the time, but recording and editing on the same day and releasing the day after. That is the level of like, I need to do this. This is my passion. I'm on fire. And then towards the end of my 20s, I want to say early 30s, I'm not as old as I'm making myself out to be, but in 20s and then I'll say 30 until 30, I went through this like crisis load of like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? Uh, overthinking, overprocessing. And now I'm like, 
unlearning or have unlearned or still unlearning that to relearn things that are a lot more healthier and the way that I perceive things. Well, there are many things that keep me motivated, but some of those things are just like watching the younger generation, Gen Z, like love them. They do have an interesting way of approaching life. And I say this in isolation, not (laughs) from a creative perspective. I feel like there's this beautiful sense of like being unafraid of just doing it and putting it out there, putting yourself out there. And that's really, really beautiful to watch. For me, it's finding the balance of the younger like zeal, being gung-ho about things to the wisdom from mentorships in the older generation of being able to sustain this energy. So finding that middle ground, those are the two things that I'm consistently trying to balance. I love that you talked about the future generation and what it is that they're doing in their approach to things. With podcasting growing at such a quick pace, what do you feel the future of podcasting looks like in South Africa as well as Africa as a whole? I'm going to be incredibly bold in saying this. I do think that just from a continental perspective, I do feel we have the ability to surpass in years, right? This is not tomorrow, what is happening in podcasting in the US at the moment. And the reason I say that is we're almost mixing two things. We're creating our own industry and our own ecosystem and things that work best for us. But we can see things that are happening there. Right now, it's many points of inflections, right? So it's individual podcasts. It's people doing stuff on the business side. It's all of these things in almost mini isolation and communities And when that comes together, I think something really big and amazing will happen. I do think that even from a storytelling perspective and speaking to people, there's not one day that I feel like I go by where someone's not like, hey, I want to start a podcast or hey, this is happening on the scene, even in South Africa, right? And then I'm talking about my friends and people who are strangers. I had a beautiful incident. Why is it not? This has only happened once. I was actually out with friends and someone stopped me and they're just like, I'm making a show from the podcast sessions. <laughs> Love it. You got stands. I love Guys, it. I literally was like, wait, what? <laughs> you don't really see me. So no, like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's those, these many things and it's exciting. And I think that what's tough is starting a journey, knowing where it could be. And this is whoever you are. You're starting a business, you're starting a podcast, you're starting anything for the first time, seeing what it can be based on people who are doing it incredibly successful, but going through this journey that's not linear. It's a bump. It's an up and down. If we're going through the motions, there was something that I read that said like, you have a whole bunch of people who will start podcasts and launch a podcast and there's this boom, especially at the start of the year. And then there's this trickle down and fall down. And that's the difference between people with the plan and the sustainability mindset around it and those who are just like this was a nice you know fun to have but you'll consistently have that I do think that funding and support many areas um, and I'm not just talking about the podcasting side the business of podcasting is a challenging one ideas are plenty ideas are plenty ideas for award-winning content documentary style podcasts are plenty we just need to find that middle ground of funders who are willing to take a chance on concepts, on content for you to recognize how successful it can be. So Rutendo, we have finished the uh, the first part of our interview. And now the next aspect of the interview is actually rapid fire questions. <laughs> you just got to be quick. You got 30 seconds okay. to answer each question. And so this aspect of the interview is called the dolphin tank. Are you ready? No, but okay, let's go. All right, let's go. Okay, first question. What was the last song you listened to on your playlist? Unavailable by DeVito. 
Got you. Okay. How do you make sure that you're growing each year? Measure myself on the wall. Kidding. I do set goals at the beginning of the year. Okay. How do you maintain being accountable to them? I do write them down. So vision board, I created a vision board. This year was the first year in a very long time that I did a poster vision board. So I took images from magazines, et cetera, printed stuff online, put them on a vision board. And then I almost have a checklist that I check every quarter. Love that. Top tech that you're using to make your business and life run smoothly. Uh, what am I using? What am I using? What am I using? What am I using? I'm not going to lie. Idea generation, chat GPT, yo, it's been good. Sometimes like, can you help me with this? And then it's like, mm. so that's been really good. Okay. Love that. A favorite quote or model that you live by? Oh, it's our deepest fear is not that we're inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we're powerful beyond measure. It is not our light, but our darkness that most frightens us. Your playing sword does not serve the world. There's nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. <laughs> we were all made to shine as children do. We're a child of God and I forgot the rest. <laughs> as long as I remember. That was... It's Mandela, right? Marion Williamson. Mandela used a version of that for his speech. And then it appears in Coach Carter. Yes. Okay, cool. All right. So I was like, I know these words, but no, I love that you knew the whole thing. So now I actually want to go and read the Marion Wilson one because I want to know the whole thing. Now, I didn't know that there was more. So I'm like super excited about that. Favorite or most impactful book that you've read? Oh, it's only because I read it. It's my annual read as The Alchemist. If there is one book that I, without fail, I read it every year. I always have like different elements and takes on it. But that is about the journey, the road. It's not an easy one. So yeah, still get emotional being reading that forever. <laughs> have you ever listened to the audio version? Mm-mm, no. Lutendo is masterful. Mm-hmm. The guy is a great voiceover artist. Like I highly recommend it. That's a book that I will read yearly as well. I haven't read it in a couple. So actually now you just inspired me. So I have to take this flight. So I might actually go ahead and listen to it. I think it's about four hours. No, it can't be that long. It must be like two because the book isn't that long. But the guy does a really, really good job narrating. So, you know, storytelling isn't at the heart of what we're doing. So yeah, please have a listen to that. What are three jewels you would tell someone looking to create the life that they want? Three jewels for someone to create the life that they want. 30 seconds. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Number one is decide what it is that you want. I think that's the biggest Mm -hmm. is sometimes we're so dictated by society, family, friends or influence or other, and we actually don't know what it is that we want. So I think decide what it is that you want. I would also say don't be afraid to unlearn and relearn. You can change if you want to. Sometimes it isn't just the way that you are. That's an excuse. I think that gets a lot of people out of things. It's just the way that I am. You can change if you want to change. And then the most important one is you are going to fail. Tell yourself it's okay to fail, but you've just got to keep moving. It's not going to be perfect. Yeah. (laughs) Love that. Wow. Those are great. So what's next for you? What is next for me in life, (laughs) in podcasting? In In life, in business, however you feel. That question lands on you. Share with us, please. What is next is I feel like in different seasons, I'm always discovering certain elements and aspects of myself. And I feel like that is a continuous journey. I'm excited. I don't know what's next. (laughs) I mean, I'm excited. I can't obviously share the details of my vision board, (laughs) but I'm excited for the possibilities. I think I'm excited about the person I am becoming and she has changed a lot. And so I think that is probably 
the thing that I'm really excited about. And then one of my big things, which I will share is I've always wanted to do like one pull up. I can't do a pull up. So I'm excited to be able to do a pull up by December. I hope. <laughs> okay. I'm going to check in. <laughs> check in on you on that. I know you're going to do it. I know you will get to it. Thank you. So Rutendo, what's the best way for us and our listeners to keep in contact with you? I think one of the big ways is, as I mentioned, maybe you can definitely pop us an email. Social media is really great. We are the pod sessions or the podcast sessions. I think we're the pod sessions on Twitter. Everywhere else we're the podcast sessions. We've just started a TikTok account. So please come join us on TikTok. It's on that side. <laughs> But off my personal accounts, I'm Rutendo, which is the phonetic spelling of my name, which is R-O-O, the number 10, and then D-O-U-G-H. Or you can just search my full name and surname, Rutendo Nyamuda. Or you can search the podcast sessions and hopefully something will pop up. <laughs> That's how you can contact me. You mentioned that people can email you. What's the email address that people can email you at? The email address is the podcast sessions at gmail.com. Okay, Rutendo, I want to say congratulations to you. You have survived the dolphin tank. <laughs> cool. So now that you survived the dolphin tank, we are in the last section segment of our pod, of our interview, of our conversation. And so this is called the turnaround. And what that means, Rutendo, is that you can ask me any three questions that you like, and I have to answer. Praise your life, fam. You know that this is totally unscripted. Rutendo, I just have one request. Yes. Please be gentle. <laughs> you know me. I don't think I'm that deep or that hectic. Uh, okay, so questions, questions, questions. Question number one, what country have you not visited that you would really like to visit and why? Not saying that this will happen soon, but I would love for it to happen soon. I haven't visited Dubai. I want to go there because I'm actually very interested in the underwater hotel and then Fiji as well. I'm not sure that it was built, but there was supposed to be one there too. Some reason I'm very interested in what this underwater hotel life is. I haven't been to Greece, so I'm very interested in going to Greece. And I really want to go back to Japan. So that is on my list of things to do this year. Like, I really want to go back to Japan. So those would be like a couple of places off the top. Oh, and I want to go to Angola for some reason. I really want to go to Angola. I have no idea why, but I just want to go to Angola and Namibia because I want to go to the Skeleton Coast. I heard about it in Blacklist and then I looked it up. And so now I'm like, all right, you got to go to Namibia. You got to go to Angola. So, yeah, I'm going to figure that out. Okay. <laughs> Great answer. Okay, question number two is what would people be surprised to know about you? So it could be a hidden talent or just something that is not public knowledge. I think one of the things that I find to be funny that people don't realize about me is that I'm actually an artist first. Like I'm a proper creative first because I'm very business minded and very analytical. Like I'm very good at business, but I actually study fashion design in undergrad. So people don't know that I'm actually a clothing designer by trade and I'm probably better at that than all of the other things that I do. But you would never know. So like there's times and nights and days where I'm just at home, like drawing and sketching and just doing stuff because it's what comes natural to me and like playing with colors and all of these things. So I think that that's something that people would know. That is amazing. I did not know that. And I was not expecting that. That is amazing. Okay, cool. 
I guess last question, I guess from a motivational kind of perspective is, and I've mentioned What Is Your Why so many times. I think it's a Simon Sinek book, What Is Your Why? Don't be wrong. So I mean, answering that question, like what is your why? What drives you? What motivates you? What is the one thing that you would say, yeah, is the reason that you keep creating doing what you're doing? Some of it is curiosity. And the reason why I say curiosity is because I'm the type of person that I'll be like, oh, you know what? I think I can do this. And then I'll go and watch a bunch of YouTube videos, read articles, and then start it. That's essentially how I learned podcasting. I was on radio or I wanted to be on radio. Then I went and like looked up radio and stuff like that. Then I got into podcasting and turned my radio show, you know, when I was on radio in New York into podcast. And then I figured out how to edit it and stuff like that by watching YouTube. I think also there's something to be said about doing what you say you're going to do. And to me, that's what builds your confidence is by continuously doing what you say you're going to do. Then it's kind of like I've done the work. So there's no way that you can shake this foundation. Like you were saying earlier, you know, like your worst should be everyone else's best. And what that means is you do it well or not at all. And that's a part of this poem that we had to learn when I was younger. I went to this Continentals of Omega Boys and Girls Club and we had something called the Continental Honor. It has so many gems in it. It's about brotherhood and things like that. And it was members of the Omega Sci-Fi Fraternity Incorporated. It goes like this. Together we stand, divided we fall, one for all and all for one. Always up and never down, always forward and never backwards. If a task has once begun, never leave it until it's done. Be thy labor, great or small, do it well and not at all. This we pledge for we are continentals with brotherhood, scholarship, uplift and perseverance as our God. And we don't do drugs, no buts about it. I think that was very foundational. But also that mixed with my upbringing. You know, I had a really tough upbringing. And I think that that fuels me to try to see how much I can push the limits. And I think also when I one day have a family and, you know, have children and things like that, I want for my family to be proud of me and the things that I've accomplished. And I want to make an impact on people, a positive one. And for people who come across me, they say, hey, you know what? When I met Kevin, he was this way, but he evolved into something else. But also when I met Kevin, I was one way and then he helped me to evolve into something else, into something better. And so that drives me. A lot of times when I'm looking at different people who I respect, I'm really looking at their how, right? Because the why and the what can always change and that can be personal, but the how, the steps to getting there are something that you can repeat. And you can repeat it and put your own twist on it and make it into something that is personable, but that works for you. And so even here today, you know, as I've had this amazing conversation with you, a lot of this was like, how does Rutendo go about doing these things? What is Rutendo's perspective on how these things should take place, how they happen? While I get to have this amazing conversation, I get to learn. And so to me, that's a important aspect of staying motivated is understanding how other people create greatness in their particular realm. I hope I answered your question with that answer. <laughs> you did. Thanks so much for that. That's really cool. Really good. I like that. What is the how? Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. That was like one of the sole premises of starting to create your life series is just like, hey, you know what? I know all of these amazing people who are doing stuff. How do they do their thing? How are you having a full-time job and then running podcast sessions, the magazine, but then also producing these pods and stuff like that? It's like, how does Rutendo keep this going, keep it lit? And you talked a bit earlier, too, about how you took some time off and replenished and the things that you needed to figure out for yourself in order to be able to come back to this. And I also thought it was dope that you made our listeners aware that it's okay for you to take a break and to come back more powerful, right? That's a reminder to everybody. Rutendo has, you know, these steps, the way that she approaches things is okay. It works. Yeah. 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 That's good. No, it's been really good. This has actually been a, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's so weird when you hear yourself answer questions and you're just like, I'm always on the other side. I'm comfortably on the other side. <laughs> 
but similar to you in the sense of like, that's the beautiful thing about conversations and being able to interact with people from an inquisitive perspective, because you're not coming with the knowledge that someone else will share. So yeah, that's quite cool. Well, Tindall, thank you so much for taking the time on this beautiful day to be a guest on the Create Your Life series. I'm looking forward to our future conversations and collaborations. It is an absolute pleasure. And thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Create Your Life family, thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you like what you heard, please give us a five-star review and subscribe to the show wherever you listen to your podcast and share it with everyone you know. Please email our questions, suggestions, and compliments to info at CYLseries.com. The Create Your Life series is executive produced by myself, Kevin Y. Brown, and produced by the Podcast Laundry Production Company. Did I mention that we are now over 1,000 episodes produced? This episode has been an amazing one. And as always... Until the next time, create your life and feed your ambition. Create your life. Africa. This episode was brought to you by PodcastLaundry.com. I love Podcast Laundry. It provides a real solution to free up my time. And time is the only resource that we cannot get back. Podcast Laundry was created with love to help other fellow busy podcasters free up time so that they could do more of what they love, whether that's traveling, time with friends and family, or working on other ventures. If you want to free up your time, then have Podcast Laundry do the dirty work of note-taking, graphic creation, editing, show tagging, and uploading for you. Go to PodcastLaundry.com or call 347-871-8273 to schedule your consultation. And remember to use code CYLS. That's PodcastLaundry.com or call 347-871-8273.